step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello. Welcome back. We've got a very esteemed guest today, an industry professional, managed to secure. Um, he's been working for just about 12 years in the industry. Maybe just under. And he's joined us here today to talk a bit about what he does, maybe some advice for some of the younger ones amongst us, and a bit just about the industry in general during this conversation. A lot of advice for us, I should yeah, think. Definitely. I think we're, yeah, we're super, super happy and privileged to have you here with us. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your, on your show, guys. Yeah. So um, why don't we just get right into it? So what, where did you start out in terms of after uni? What was your first uh, experience in the industry? Yeah, sure. Um, so started off um, straight into banking, and this wasn't the kind of conventional route to to the buy side, um, or at least to private equity. So started off in the global markets division um, as an intern, and did a summer internship for um, two months during that time. Uh, was then made an offer to join uh, the firm the following year. Um, and started off in June that year um, in the equity research division. Um, started off working on the uh, oil and gas team there, and um, and then rotated into the tech team during my time there. Um, I'd say it was it was a great overall experience, um, having gained exposure to different parts of the markets division. Um, so during that time, I spent some some time on the sales and trading floor. Uh, sometime on the in the research uh, division, and you've got a very strict Chinese wall in between the two, um, so it's not that you can just kind of move in and out as you wish. Um, you've got to have kind of strict assignments between the two, um, and and having having experienced that on the market side, I then decided I wanted to see more of the corporate finance side, and decided to move across to an M and A team, um, and I spent three years at HSBC. Uh, thereafter on the M&A team working on transactions. Um, that was cross-sector and really, really interesting experience. Um, great to see both sides of the investment banking world. Um, and I think they gave me kind of unique um, intro into, into then moving across to the buy side. Ah, that's super interesting. I mean, the first question I wanted to ask you was, I mean, you obviously joined what, just after 2008 in the wake of the whole crisis. How do you think the job market then compares to now, people coming out of uni into like graduate schemes and employment? Um, I'd say, well, I think, um, I think similar in terms of there's a lot of uncertainty. 
And I think during that period, there's also a lot of uncertainty. Then uh, with hindsight, we can see that there was a lot of growth in the years thereafter, and, and it was a great time to kind of be in banking or to be on finance in the finance world. Um, I hope that's the case going forward from here. Um, I think it's not easy at the moment to, to start off and to find a job in that, in that world. Um, but I think, I think there's opportunity um, for those that you know, work hard and, and are able to kind of differentiate themselves from the crowd. So um, I'd say it's an interesting time for sure. I, I mean, from my point of view, I think there are a lot of people watching this who might be wondering about applying in different places and trying to, to um, sort of fit themselves into the, the frame of an ideal applicant. And so from your perspective, having worked at a lot of these places which they're trying to apply to, what would you say are the ideal sort of characteristics and traits that these employers would want to see? Um, I think, well, I think first of all, um, academics, so having, having a strong track record on the academic side. Um, and I think that's, that's always a good starting point. Um, and I think, I think the next thing would be, um, I think writing skills are very important. So being able to convey what you have on your CV uh, in, into a story on your cover letter and to be able to kind of stand out from the crowd. So they're obviously getting hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of these CVs, and it's not easy to, to stand out from the crowd when you're writing a one-page letter. Mm. Um, but I think that's important. And, and then I think also interpersonal skills. So you're going to have several rounds of interviews and they're going to try and um, you know, put you on the spot and, and make you feel uncomfortable during those moments to test you under pressure. Um, and I think being able to deliver the message in person um, is important as well. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, I guess, I don't know if it was unexpected when you first went in, but I've definitely heard from a lot of people that like office skills, PowerPoint, Excel is something that's hugely focused on. In your experience, um, would you say that that constituted a lot of your work in the first few years? And would you say those skills are very important for any prospective applicant? Yeah, I'd definitely say so. So I'd say Excel, um, Excel is probably the most important. Um, it depends also on whether you're joining, say, a global markets team or a M&A team within investment banking. Um, so on the M&A side, I'd say a core part of the job um, is modeling and having a knowledge of Excel is essential to be able to do that. Um, I think on the global market side, um, you've obviously got the split between sales and trading and then equity research and fixed income research. Um, I'd say modeling is essential on the, on the research side. And if you're join, joining a sales and trading team, less relevant. Um, I'd say PowerPoint is essential across the board. Um, so having that skill set is important. Um, and yeah, I think I think PowerPoint essentially just being able to uh, deliver interesting slides uh, based on the analysis and and yeah, I think. And so for PowerPoint, do you feel like it's more of a, of a technical skills thing or more of an actually being able to convey an idea as a I mean as a person I mean I feel like interpersonal skills would link very very well into how you're able to portray information on, on a slide yeah I think um, I think it depends on on what stage you're at so starting off at the very bottom of the food chain within the banking within banking team I think um, you don't get straight away to or at least when I started you didn't get straight away to be able to deliver what's on the slides in person um, and voice them over um, so I think it's important at that stage to 
to really put something interesting on on the slide right um but then obviously as you grow i think that's something which you you then need to learn and and be able to actually communicate what's on the slide um to a wider audience so yeah and I'm, I mean, I'm interested, obviously, you're in the highly sought after positions on the buy side uh, in a sort of private equity style uh, in-house investments. But I want to know, where do you see the future of like investment banking? I mean, you obviously started out there. There's still like a flood of applicants coming in each year. Do you think that will persist on or do you think they will gen- gen- like generally transition out? And also as a quick follow up to that. Do you think that, um, like, what do you think is the best avenue for someone trying to make the transition across? Yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, as you say, investment banking was, is traditionally the route into, into the buy side. Um, so you tend to need to do, say, two to three years of analyst experience within a investment banking role, um, and then leverage that into moving across the buy side. Um, I think it's a lot harder to be able to join the buy side straight out of university or from a master's program. Um, but having said that, it does happen. So I wouldn't rule that out either. Um, I think the best, I think from my experience, the best path is to do um, two, two, approximately two years um, of investment banking. And if you want to go specifically to the private equity world, um, I think you want to be either in the leverage finance side um, or on the M&A side. Um, if you want to move into a hedge fund, then uh, they also recruit out of uh, equity research or sales and trading. Um, so it really depends where on the buy side you want to be. Um, and I think, I think that path isn't changing as yet. I think, um, I think there is maybe more optionality also depending on whether you're joining a large cap firm on the buy side or a smaller mid-market firm. Um, I think if you're joining the latter, it's easier to make that move later on in your career. If you want to join the Blackstones of this world um, and the other large cap names, I think you need to make that move, say, two to three years into investment banking. And do you think, so I mean, you mentioned that PE firms tend to recruit out of leverage finance and M&A. Why do you think that is versus sort of you know, equity and sales and trading? Is it just a, um, a bias from the people who are recruiting or is it actually the skill set is more aligned to what you'd require in private equity? Um, I'd say I think it's it's the skill it's really the skill set. Um, so I think working in M and A, leverage finance, I think you tend to get a good grasp of modeling and then working on delivering delivering decks of uh, PowerPoint slides, which essentially are outputs of the modeling and valuation analysis you're doing. Um, I think that experience is very valuable. Um, leverage finance, in particular, given that a lot of these private equity um, outfits are borrowing significant amounts of debt in order to finance the acquisitions. I think having the leverage finance knowledge from the sell side is really useful. Um, and then I think it's also a transactional experience. Um, so having having knowledge of um, a process from start to finish, um, and that can be either on the buy side as an advisor to the potential acquirer, um, or on the sell side as, a, as an advisor to the seller. Um, so I think that's really useful as well. And just in terms of, I mean, you know, a lot of people who are looking to go into banking, one of the primary reasons, I mean, there's no, no skirting around it, is where the money's involved. Uh, and so just generally within these big organizations, particularly the big multinational firms, 
How do you see over the next sort of five, ten years uh, the kind of income being distributed across across the different areas, if you see what I mean? Uh, do you mean specifically within private equity or more within? Um, actually, this is, I mean, we can do both. So, I mean, first of all, just within, within sort of investment banks, between the different divisions, I mean, I, I have heard that, you know, in particularly things like equity research, the compensation has been going down massively uh, over the last sort of 10, ten years. Uh, and, and that, you know, for example, this year in 2020, apparently in M&A, it was very, very strong. So I was wondering what, you, what your thoughts are on, on the future of that. Yeah, um, I think it's, uh, yeah, as you say, it can be, it can be very cyclical. Um, I think this year in particular, as you say, sales and trading um, has done very well. Um, I think there's been a lot of volatility on the markets and a lot of a lot of trading volumes. Um, I think compensation-wise, uh, it varies year to year, but I think in M&A you tend to see less volatility. So um, I think deal flow comes and goes, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of emphasis on attracting um, talent, and I think you need to be paying a certain level of compensation to to sustain that and attract the best people. Um, I think sales and trading, um, similar in terms of focus on attracting talent, um, but I think there is a little more volatility um, given in terms of performance. Um, so it really depends on how the market's moving um, and whether you're able to, to deliver alpha on that. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested also, I'd say I think there's also been a lot of interest um, from people who were maybe in investment banking and were thinking of transitioning across, not just going to PE, maybe into like venture capital style. I mean, do you, would you say that that's definitely one of the trends right now? And why do you think venture capital is such a popular way? Like, what do you think of the advantages compared to like traditional PE or more of your say style work? I think venture capital is a very interesting area. Um, I think, I think there's, um, I think probably one of the reasons would be there's a lot of emphasis now on, on growth coming out of the tech sector um, and venture capital is big focus of it is investing in these early stage tech companies or, or business with a tech angle. Um, and so I think that's a natural growth area. Um, I think I think venture capital's probably a less traditional or less well-known area of the of the buy side market, um, I think people tend to go into private equity as kind of a default option. Um, but I think I think venture capital, as a result, has a more open kind of um, entry as opposed to. So I think I think you can actually get into venture capital um, from less conventional backgrounds than private equity, or at right. least that's my experience. Um, so I think if you have say. Uh, experience working in a startup or in in a corporate, I think you can leverage that into a VC role uh, more easily than doing so on a private equity into a private equity role. I was actually gonna yeah, just following off on that. There's a lot of um, individuals in in VC who I've who, who I've met who've either had their own company uh, on which has been you know funded through VC in a startup sense, or have you know for example um, worked in a in a very specialized role, for example uh, in law or in, or in um, medicine. A lot of guys who are previously doctors who then decide they want to make the transition can quite well, it seems they're able to easily go into into VC. Is that something you don't you don't see at all in private equity? So would you not see say um, you know a top level guy coming from the automotive industry being able to transition into a, a PE role? 
Um, I think so. I think you. I think you do see it, but it's less. It's less conventional. Um, I think you tend to see it more often in the sector specialist private equity firms. Um, so you'll find a lot of, for example, healthcare um, focused private equity firms where you need a kind of deep industry knowledge, yeah. deep knowledge of of the products that are being produced by these companies um, to succeed. And I think there someone from an, with an industry background can be really helpful. And you do see it, I think you tend to see it more at the senior level. Right. Um, and that's, I guess that's natural in the sense that people need some experience previously. And it's very unlikely that you're doing two years experience in a healthcare corporate and then moving across. I and think then you need more of a track record. The talent pool is probably a lot smaller to hire from as well at, at that level. Yeah. Uh, and then I think we have to go, for, go change the the camera soon we can cut we can cut the spit out um but the last thing i was going to just quickly ask is i've heard you have some experience working in firms of different sizes and i think especially for the you know ourselves and the people who are listening to this who are looking to go into a lot of these roles a lot of them have been going through you know summer internship cycles spring analyst cycles um would you say there are also opportunities available in smaller firms and how do they compare to the larger ones yeah, I'd say um, I'd say there is a big difference, especially on the recruitment side with these firms. Um, I think what tends to happen is, um, due, well, people coming straight out of university will tend to join uh, larger firms and then leverage that experience into then moving across into a smaller firm. Mm. I think uh, it does happen that you join a smaller firm, but um, these firms tend to have less resources and less of an emphasis on graduate programs. Right. Um, less kind of back office functions and, and in-house um, resources to be able to provide great training for junior junior people. Um, so I think, and I think personally, having worked at one of the large firms straight out of university, I think that was really helpful um, training for myself. And having then moved to a smaller firm later on, I. I'm happy that I made that move in that order rather than the other way around, um, because I think the training available in the smaller firm is significantly less. Right. Okay. Interesting. You're kind of expected to have that skill set before you make that move. And are you then able to sort of coming with with a sort of great educational background in the industry? Are you then able to convert that into say a role with more responsibility and and more scope for, um, I guess, movement up the food chain in these smaller firms? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I think I think at a certain point, having had that experience within a larger firm, me, my, I mean, personally, I found it really helpful to move to a smaller firm because um, being given a lot more responsibility, uh, able to see a lot of different areas of, say, transaction or right. the deal you're looking at. Um, in the larger firms, you're one of, say, 100 people working on something. And it tends to be very kind of fragmented in terms of workload. Um, so you'll be, you'll be an expert in one particular area, um, but you won't know what's going on in another area of the transaction. I see. All right, so just going back in, um, I mean, something that I'm very interested in is obviously as a, a uni student currently, um, there's a lot of talk about like spring weeks, summer internships, then following off the back of that. Obviously, this year has been upheaval. Are they going to be online, not online? I mean, how important would you say spring weeks and summer internships, maybe as a follow-on, are for then a view into investment banking or view into finance in general? Yeah, good question. Um, so, I, I mean, I would say they are incredibly important. So, um, 
what tends to happen is, so I think the spring week is, is a very important stepping stone into a summer internship. Um, and I think the summer internship is the key to securing a job straight out of university. Um, so what tends to happen, or at least what tended to happen when I was work, when I started off working, um, was you did one year at uni, and then in the second year you applied for a summer internship, and that would take place in the second summer of your university, mm. um, and you'd then be made an offer to join the firm the following year if you were successful. Um, so you'd have, if you did it well, you'd end up going into the third year of uni with a job in your hand. Um, and that obviously, that's, that makes life a lot easier in the final stretch of university. Um, and it's, it's a natural kind of feeding process to get into these graduate schemes. And actually, just off the back of that, a lot of spring weeks this year are going to be held online. In fact, I think the majority of them are. Uh, the only firm I've heard of that's still trying to do an in-person one is Morgan Stanley. Um, how do you think this is going to affect how they can select candidates and whether they still place that same focus on spring week and summer internships? Because, I mean, a lot of summer internships, I assume, are going to be happening online. And I've heard from other people in the industry that, you know, there's just these interns that will log onto these calls and, you know, just sit there at home on Zoom trying to kind of get an input. Yeah. It's not the same thing as being there in the room. How do you feel yeah. that was going to affect it? Yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very strange um outcome for these I mean I think it's strange for the firms and, and for the people actually doing the internships um, I think already last year you had some kind of um, I mean you, you had some process around a virtual internship um, I think this year will be a little more organized in that sense so it won't be as experimental mm. um, I think it's going to be harder to kind of build that human interaction which is important in order to actually get people to push for you to get an offer yeah um and also hard to stand out from the crowd because you're you're all you're just a face on a, on a screen yeah, you're just a face on the screen um but uh, yeah i think i think at the same time um it's it's the way the world is working at the moment and i think being able to adapt is important um and i think that it it's probably going to be this way uh for you know the, the next year at least and i think everyone will look back at this time and say, okay, um, everyone was in the same boat and uh, there's time to catch up on, on the more human aspects of, of, say, an internship once you actually join the firm and build those relationships. So, yeah. And I guess also, I mean, in terms of differentiating yourself from other applicants, what would you say, I mean, in the spring week level, but also on just a CV level, what would you say the most important like ways to try and achieve that? Well, I think the first thing is, is to actually apply because I think I think having the knowledge of things like spring week um, and having knowledge of the various deadlines isn't as simple as, as many people think it is. Um, I remember a lot of people not being as organized as they should be while I was at university and just missing those deadlines as a result. Um, and I think it's quite easy to do as a student as well. You're not, you're not necessarily in the frame of mind where uh, you've you've got to kind of hit deadlines as you would when you're working in a, in a full-time job. Obviously you have a lot of pressure, but in different ways, um, or at least more flexibility. So I think, I think having strong organization skills is important to actually get those, get the deadlines. Especially if the applications are on a rolling basis, which yeah. it's, you know, a lot of them are versus if they, if they review everything after a deadline, then you can apply the day before and you've got the same chance as a guy yeah. who's applied two months earlier. But if you're applying for a role where they're filling it 
rolling. You know, if you apply the day before the deadline, you might not have any space anymore. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's one hundred percent right. Then um, I think yeah, getting early in the door is important. Um, and then I think I think also um, being able to craft. So when I was applying, it was just crafting this one-page cover letter. Uh, that it's very hard to stand out in it, but being able to put something different on on paper um, or on an email at least, and uh, and sending that across, and, and then I think having um, a strong knowledge and understanding of certain aspects of the financial markets or uh, of the M and A world, and being able to deliver that as well, I think that's important. Um, so for people to actually see that you're really interested in in the financial markets as opposed to just say, uh, chasing a bit of money or, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, sort of finally the other thing that I was interested in, I mean, as opposed to just the cover letter, do you think there are any like experiences on the, on your CV that are more interesting or make you a more interesting candidate? Like if you've traveled on an internship somewhere or like, I don't know, linguistic experience and like, I don't know, various like different options on your CV that you can leverage. Yeah, I think um, I think the first thing is well, if you're if you're at a you know top university um, like uh, you know LSE for example, UCL, Bocconi, all of these guys, they they all have a lot of extracurricular activities which allow you to kind of get something on your CV and get get uh, the point across that you're interested in finance outside of the classroom. Um, so if it's if it's say a, an investment club or um, or even a discussion forum where you can chat about financial markets, um, or for example, even a, I mean, a great thing is, is a podcast, uh, just, I mean, <laughs> setting up a regular, regular discussion forum where you can talk about aspects of the financial markets and financial world. I think that's, that gives people a strong sense that you have a deep interest in, uh, what you're saying you actually want to do. Um, so I think that that's one aspect where you can really stand out. So uh, I think we should wrap this segment here. Thank you so much for coming. And I think it's really interesting. I mean, for us, me and Dave, prospective applicants, but also just for anyone. I mean, the industry is changing and constantly and having someone on the inside behind enemy lines showing us the ropes. I think it's super cool. And yeah, I mean, Dave. No, no, no. thank you very, very much. It's been super insightful. Uh, I'm sure we'll get lots of feedback about how awesome this has been. And yeah, we hope to have you back in another time. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, guys, for having me. And uh, I hope to be back soon as well. Perfect.